Hallelujah. How many of you know tonight that God has made all men in his image? So when you see ordinary men, even that aren't walking with the Lord, you always see good things that can come out of humans. Humans do a lot of wonderful humanitarian efforts. Humans get in a bind, a flat tire on the side of the road. You'll see someone stop and help somebody with a flat tire. Someone's house floods and you see people going in with boats and helping their neighbors and bringing food to them and helping them clean their houses up. People do wonderful things all the time. There's charities all over the the nation, all over the world that help people to do good things. And so I believe that God has given that ability because God is good, right? And God cares for people. So it's it's kind of in our nature because we're created in his image to care for other people, to do good for other people. And that doesn't mean that we are good people because we do good for other people. We're bad people because we were born that way by Adam. But we're good people in the sense of doing good things because God created man in his own image and he is good. Amen. <clears throat> Y'all pardon with me tonight on this voice. So God gave compassion to men, even that aren't walking with God, just the ability to help other people. I want to recognize tonight our first responders in the city of Baton Rouge and our great nation. How many of you are glad for great responders or first responders? I want, to, I want to tell you a little definition about first responders, and I'll tell you a little bit why I came across with this message tonight, first responder. But I, I thank God for first responders. I think they're amazing people. A first responder is a person with a specialized training who is among the first to arrive and provide assistance at a scene of an accident, an emergency, a natural disaster, terrorism. First responders typically include law enforcement officers, paramedics, EMTs, and firefighters. Are you all familiar with first responders? Now, we know that all first responders don't always respond properly, but there's a lot of them out there that respond properly. And because of that, people's lives are saved every single day. They assist in car wrecks, house fires, drownings, heart attacks, uh, stroke and seizure, seizure victims. Broken limbs from falls or sporting accidents. Fall victims that have head injuries, spinal injuries, flood victims in their homes, suicide attempts, and so much more. Have you ever seen a first responder in action? Everybody ever seen that? Maybe you've only seen it on TV. But maybe sometime in your life you've come up on an accident and you might have seen first responders at work. It's an amazing thing to see how people that are trained so well in what they do, that they respond the way that they need to because they know, because they're trained that way, that it's a life or death situation. Tammy and I were in West Monroe, I don't know, I guess about three weeks ago. And we were coming down this highway. We went out to Lake Caney and had a picnic, rest day. We were coming back and we were driving down the highway and before we come up over this hill, there was a woman in the street just flagging everybody down. And people were pulling over on the shoulder. So we pulled over on the shoulder, and I'm nosy. I got out of the car and walked over the hill to see what the problem was. And guys, when I walked over the hill, I seen the most horrific scene I've ever seen. There was a Ford pickup truck, extra cab, that was totally crushed in the front end. Body, uh, body parts from the vehicle were everywhere. The, the, the guy's engine was halfway in the road. 
His camshaft from inside the motor was in the road. And there were stuff in his truck that was scattered everywhere. And I got to looking around. There was a big 24-foot rider truck off in the cow pasture. Come to find out this was an elderly fella, probably about 70 years old. He had run off the road. He was coming eastbound. This truck was headed westbound. He went off the road. He came back on the road and he overcorrected and he went into the lane. As the rider truck topped the hill, he crossed over into his lane. So the man going 40 hit a rider truck probably going 55. And that's a bad impact, guys. So as I was walking up there, I could see underneath his truck, there was a man laying in the road. And there were first responders on the scene. And I walked around there and I thought, dear God, what am I about to see? You know, I'm thinking it was going to be really bloody. When I got there, there was no blood. There was a man laying there. He was totally unconscious. And the paramedics had just got up there and they had just laid him on the ground. They're checking for a pulse. They're checking for breathing. He's not responding. They begin CPR on this man. I'm just standing there and I started praying. And um, I'm praying and I'm watching this guy. I'm saying, God, have mercy on this old man. And these responders are, the first thing they did, they started CPR. They put an oxygen mask on his on his breath. And uh, they, they had this thing they put in their mouth and they squeeze it. I guess they don't have to do mouth to mouth. And they, they got this man's heart beating. And they were all excited. As soon as they got his heart beating, they're checking for his pulse. They begin an IV. And there was an older fella there. It looked like it was with the, the, the volunteer fire department. He's in blue jeans. Older fella. He's standing there holding the bag like this, the IV bag. And that's all he did. Just stood there like this. He's a first responder. And as he held that bag, that fluid was going into that man's life. And they started checking him out. This man started kind of coming around. And he's... He's yelling and moaning and his eyes are going every which way. And they're like, sir, stay with us. Stay with us. Stay with us. Stay with us. We're working with you. Stay with us. And man, it was really heart wrenching to watch that. And as they were saying, sir, stay with us. They they had to squeeze on the man's stomach. I guess they're checking for internal bleeding, hemorrhaging. I don't know, but these people know exactly what they're doing. The poor man's leg on the right was twisted all the way around. His femur was broken in half. And so the, the other, there was another there guy there cutting the blue jeans off the man. And, and, and they were working very diligently. They were working so precise, very quickly, but they were so gentle. And they were so strategic at what they were doing. All of a sudden, I could hear the Air Med helicopter flying around. And it landed in the field. And two pilots got out of there. And they were in their jumpsuits. And they walked up to the accident. And they're just standing there. And all they did was just stood there. And the EMS crew was there. The firemen were there. And they were working diligently. They picked the man up. They put him on the gurney. And they began to wheel this gurney out across this cow pasture. And they put this man inside the helicopter. Those two pilots, all their job was to get in that helicopter and fly that man to the hospital. To this day, I don't know if that man lived or not. But I I witnessed something that was absolutely beautiful, if you ask me. Here are ordinary people who have a kindness and a compassion upon the people that are around them and the education that they took in this profession of life to save lives of people. You think about people in the 911 attacks. You know, there were firefighters that lost their lives 
trying to rescue other people. There are men and women every single day in our law enforcement and our first responders that lose their lives serving and helping to save the lives of other people. Aren't you glad for them tonight? Can we, can we just give them a hand clap of praise? Maybe if you're watching online tonight and you're a first responder, I applaud you tonight for your work. And if you're a first responder in here, I applaud you tonight. Any first responders in this room? If you all raise your hand, any first responders, policemen, firemen, EMTs? No? Well, I applaud the ones that are. Amen? I'm thankful for them tonight. And as I was standing there watching this uh, emergency scene, God gave me this message tonight to give to you. And I'm calling it first responders. You know, when Tammy had her seizure, those first responders came in, started on the telephone with 911. And if 911 wouldn't have been on the phone and gave me the instructions at that time period that was needed to be done, my wife wouldn't be here today. But because of their instructions, and I was able to turn my wife over and the fluids get out of her lungs, she lived. Amen. The first responder helped me to help them. Amen. And I'm thankful for that tonight. There are times when first responders are on the scene and it's a life or death situation. There's other times when first responders come to a scene and maybe they're just there to bandage someone. Maybe they're just there to give them some medication and take them for a ride in the ambulance so they can get further help um, on their problems. But it's not really a life or death situation. But a lot of times it is. And so that's where this message came tonight. I'm glad for first responders. They are real heroes in my eyes, to be honest with you. Amen. I want you to turn in your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. Verse 35. Read with me. If you're not there, I'm going to go on for the sake of time. And Jesus went... All about the seas. We're in verse 35. Jesus went all about the cities and villages. Where he was at this time. When Jesus walked this planet. He was teaching in their synagogues. He was preaching the gospel. He was healing every sickness. And every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes. He was moved with compassion. Because they fainted. And they were scattered abroad as sheep in big trouble, having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest is truly plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth labors into his harvest. How many of you know tonight that Jesus is and was the greatest first responder. He's the greatest hero. As God looked down from heaven. From the very beginning of time. He saw a tragic emergency in this world. Sin was destroying mankind. It was a life or death situation. And God responded by sending his greatest first responder, his beloved son, Jesus. And because Jesus had compassion upon you and I, 
and loved his father and obeyed the commands of his father, he stepped out of heaven and he came into this world and he gave his life at Calvary and he rose from the grave and he lives today. And he did that as a response to your life or death situation. Can we praise him for that tonight? How many of you are glad tonight that Jesus responded to your tragedy? You were in a tragic situation, life or death. And now because of him, you live. And how many of you are glad that, you know, you really didn't actually see that man, Jesus. But God, by the power of the Holy Ghost, sent somebody into your life to be a first responder to your tragedy. Maybe you were down and out, stooped in drugs and alcohol. Maybe things were destroying your life, broken marriage, broken home. Maybe you're a depressed individual from birth or from young like me. Downcast in life, on the brinks of suicide, dying in your sin. Y'all remember those days? And God sent somebody that responded to your emergency. And because of that, you're alive today. Amen. I said you're alive today because of that first responder that came into your life. And brought life and hope to us. Aren't you glad for that tonight? I'm thankful for Jesus tonight. Turn in your Bibles to John 16 for a moment. I want to read a few passages. I'm going to quote some. John 16. Very familiar passages. Please write them down. Hear this word tonight. God has given it to us. I pray that you'd leave this room differently than you came in. John 16, verse 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Jesus said, it's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin, righteousness, and of judgment. Verse 13, how be it, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he hears, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Aren't you glad for that tonight? He shall glorify me. He shall receive of mine. He shall show it unto you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, said I, that he shall take of mine and show it unto you. He's speaking to you tonight. This word is alive today. You are his disciple. This is what he's saying to us tonight. Luke twenty four forty nine says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from up on high. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power. <coughs> After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be a witness unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and the utmost parts of the world. That word witness means you will be willing to die for the sake of the gospel. You'll be willing to give your life 
To help other people live. Amen. Aren't you glad for that tonight? John 20, 21, Jesus said unto them, Peace be with you. My Father has sent me, so I send you. Guys, I want to let you know tonight that you and I in this hour that we live, which is an extremely critical hour, you and I are literally the first responders in this world today. Things are not getting any better. And the tribulations and the anguish and the trials are just getting more increasingly worse. It's not a doom and gloom though, guys. It is the greatest platform that I believe a believer could live in in this hour. We have the greatest platform to go into a world that's dying and needs to be revived back to life. You're the ones that are going to give the CPR. You're the ones that are going to take care of the needs. You're going to be the one that brings life and hope through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. This is what we've been called for in this day, guys. And what an awesome responsibility. Yeah, you may go into the into the plants and work as an engineer or, or whatever you do. And you may think, well, that's my job all day long. Well, it is. But in the midst of that, there are dying people around you all day long. That the Holy Ghost will show unto you the response and the real duties that we have as a believer in Jesus Christ. God didn't take us out of this world. He left us here. And he didn't leave us here to see how wealthy we could get. He didn't leave us here to see how much stock we could purchase. He didn't leave us here to see how many big homes we could purchase. How many nice cars we can drive and how good we can become at our sports. He left us here for one reason, to seek and save that which is lost and destroy the works of the enemy. That's why we're here. And guys, I want to remind you that every day when you wake up, what a joy it is to serve God. What an honor it is to go into the world and to save people. Guys, I love helping people. Hey, everybody in this room helped in some kind of way when the flood came. And when you laid your head on the pillow, as tired as you were every night, you were rejoicing that you were able to help somebody. How many of you went to Miss Vicky's house? Wasn't it awesome to see a smile on her face when you were there breaking your back and going out of your way to help somebody? It just feels good, right? Guys, how much more exciting is it that we could go bring life and hope and peace to a dying soul that lives around you every day? Amen? I'm going to tell you what, I love it. I absolutely love it, and I rejoice every single day over it. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. I want you to read this passage with me. Luke chapter 10. Verse 25. And it says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How do you read that? What does it say? And he answered to him, well, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, thou hast answered right, this do, and you shall live. But the man willingly to justify himself said unto Jesus, who is my neighbor? Jesus answered him and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem 
Now remember, this man's from Jerusalem. And he went down to Jericho and he fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, wounded him and departed, leaving him for dead. By chance, there came down a certain priest, came down that way, and when he saw the man, he passed him on the other side. He probably was like, huh, wonder what the heck happened to this guy. He looks pretty rough. And he just passed him right on by. That's a shame that people do that. Then likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, he came by and looked upon the man and passed on the other side. Probably said the same thing. He probably deserved it. He ain't no telling what he did. But a certain Samaritan. Now notice Jews and Samaritans had nothing to do with one another. So now you have a Jewish man that's been beaten, left for dead. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came by and when he saw the man... He had great compassion upon him. And he went to him and he bound up his wounds, pouring oil and wine. He set him on his beast and brought him into the the nearest by hotel or inn. He took care of him. When the next day came, he departed. He took out some money and he gave it to the host of the hotel. And he said, hey, take care of this man. And if you need any more money, when I come back through again, I'll repay thee. Which now... These, he said, which now these three likest thou, or thinkest thou, was the neighbor unto him that fell among thieves. So Jesus pretty much telling the man, which one of these you think was the neighbor? And he said, the one that showed mercy on him. And Jesus said unto him, go and do likewise. So guys, you know what? You can have people that can profess Christ. Pray a prayer. Um, you can see people go to church all the time, go to seminary, go to seminars, go to conferences, shout, holler, scream, run around the room, shouting Greek, Hebrew. They know everything. And I'm not belittling people that shout and, and scream and go to seminars and, and know Greek and Hebrew. Hallelujah. But there's a lot of people in the world that sit in the church and they live a life. Of church. And they're looking for eternal life when they get home. Because I prayed the prayer, right? I called on the name of the Lord for the salvation of my soul. I'm alright with God now. But I'm going to tell you what the real true characteristic of a born again believer. He will love God with all of his heart, mind and soul. And he will love his neighbor as much or more than he, and he loves his own life. Jesus said there's no greater love than this. Than a man that would lay his life down for another person. And I'm not talking about in a sense where you're helping somebody to get out of a drowning situation. Thank God for those types of first responders. But I'm talking about you as a born again believer. Full of the Holy Ghost. Responding to life or death situations around your life every day. Do you know that God the Holy Ghost. By his beautiful grace that he has given to us freely. Has given you compassion. That maybe you don't even realize you contain. He's put a love within you. If you're born again here tonight. That's being perfected in you. How many of you know that tonight? Because we're not perfect people. But we serve a perfect God. 
And God is doing work in our life. And I'm going to tell you what, tonight, he's reminding you and I of the hour that we live in. You want to be one of those people that see eternal life? Well, I'm going to tell you what, the only way you'll see eternal life is that you know this one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. And the only way that you're going to know him is if you're full of the Holy Ghost. Born again, the Spirit of God lives in you. And when that happens, the Bible says that we're quickened, made alive. That means we have ears to hear our Father. We have eyes to see the people that the Father puts around us every day. We've been given compassion upon the lost people around us every day. We care. Maybe we don't always know how to respond to the certain situations that we face. How many of you would say that tonight? There's there's times when I see emergency spiritual situations that I don't know exactly how to respond to. Well, I've got to pass a few passages. I know the Romans Road, and I know John 3.16, and, you know, I know Romans 10, 9 and 10. Maybe I can just sit down and quote those scriptures and everything will be all right. Have you know that's wonderful? I love the scriptures. But have you know that every situation that you'll face is going to be a little bit different? Just like when a first responder comes on the scene, they know exactly what to do in every single situation. They walk up and they take an analysis of the situation. And they quickly have to see, okay, that happened, this happened, which caused this to happen. Now we ended up with this. What do we do about the situation here? And they begin to assess the situation. That's exactly what Jesus did when he came into your life. You were going through a a specific timing in your life where God orchestrated an ordained moment where he used somebody to come into your life And speak life into you. And because of that. Something happened. You were revived and made alive. Amen. But had that person come in. With a religious mindset. Doing what he thought would be best to do. Maybe that wouldn't have happened for you. Alright. So I want you to keep that in your mind tonight. Isaiah 58 makes this statement. This is what pleases God. To loose the bands of wickedness. To undo heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke of bondage. To deal your bread to the hungry. To bring the poor that are cast out. When you see them uh, that are naked. You, 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 you take them in and you give them something to wear. Don't hide yourself from the people that live around you every day. There are people that need first responders spiritually in their life. Don't hide from them. And you might say, well, what do you mean? I don't, I don't understand what you mean by hiding from them. I'm around them all day long. So it's not like I'm not going around them. You know what I think? The Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. A light is set up on a hill so that the whole world or the whole land can see the light. And the Bible says, don't hide your light under a bushel. But I think so many times we get so caught up with the affairs of this life. We get caught up with our own problems in life. Well, you just don't know what I'm going through. You know, I'm tired. Things ain't going right with me. I've got this illness I can't get over. And I don't belittle that. 
Our problems are real, guys. I, I can write a book on them. I can stand here and tell you, I, I'm not running through life all the time, clicking my heels together. But I'm going to tell you what, I was talking to my sister earlier. She's going through a horrific time right now in her life. But you know what? In the midst of you being tired, in the midst of losing your hair, in the midst of feeling sick and throwing up every single day, multiple times a day, God is sending you into a world around you every day when you go for your treatments. When you go around people and they're like, oh, Shannon, I'm so sorry this has happened to you. Oh, let me tell you what's happening to me. Let me tell you what's really happening to me. You see, even though she's tired, she's still a first responder spiritually in the people's lives around her every day. Imagine if you were in a wreck and it was a tragic situation and your child we had a life or death, and the first responders that came by were like, Oh, man, I had a long night. Anybody got any coffee? A donut? It would be tragic, wouldn't it? It would be tragic. You'd be like, Hey, come on, what's the deal? Please help me. Right? Guys, I don't want to be one of those kind of people looking for coffee. Or a donut. Y'all with me tonight? Think about it. Jesus said this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, To preach deliverance to the captives. Y'all get the picture tonight. The recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. And to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus said. As the father has sent me. So I send you. You are the first responders of the world around you every day. Please be not caught up with the affairs of this life. Don't don't let the troubles that you see on TV or or the things that that the gas prices and and all what's going to happen towards the latter part of the year. Yeah, we need to be mindful of those things, but look, we don't have to worry about them. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to worry about itself, right? He said, seek me first today in my kingdom. And hey, I'm going to take care of every need that you have. I get making provisions. It's a smart thing to do. But I'm going to tell you what. He is my greatest provision. And I need to keep my eyes upon him in this hour. And I need to remember why I'm left here. There's a world out there. There's a platform out there. There are people dying around us every day. I want to be one of those first responders. And have you know tonight, it is a great honor that God would choose you to be a first responder in his kingdom. Come on now. That's worth shouting. Amen. We are the first responders in the kingdom of heaven. God has called us to that in this great hour. I remember one time I got to be a first responder in a spiritual situation. I was in the country of Columbia We preached out on this basketball court. There were 300 plus people. There was a woman that was possessed by a demon that was brought down and they sat her in a chair. And she was manifesting this demonic spirit. And she was so broken and so tormented and just dying in her sin. And God took these hands and laid on this woman and began to cast the demon out of the woman. The first response was God came and said... There's one that's dying. Respond to it. 
And as I walked to the lady, the Spirit of God showed me exactly how to respond to this situation. I want you to lay hands on her. I want you to cast the demon out. When the demon comes out, I want you to preach me. And I want her house to be filled with me. And I laid hands. I said, yes, sir. And I laid hands on this woman. She was delivered from the demon immediately. She, she fell almost as dead. The Spirit of God says, leave her for a moment. Then after a couple of seconds, she lifted her head up and began to lift her hands. She said, I see Jesus. I see Jesus. She was looking over my head. I see Jesus. And I said, well, I'm here to tell you, as a voice of Jesus, you need to call upon him for the salvation of your soul. He's just delivered you from these demons. Jesus died. I began to share the gospel with her. The woman prayed for God to save her. And her life was changed that day. The next night when we got together again, this woman came I didn't even recognize her. She was a totally different countenance on this woman. She said, hey, I'm such and such from last night. How you doing? Nice to meet you. Didn't even recognize her. She said, I was the lady who gave my life to Jesus. I was the one delivered from the demons last night. And I just wept. God brought life to her in one moment. Now, had I walked up to the woman and I saw the lady, and, and I began to get my notes out and start reading her the Romans road, Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not making fun because I, I know the Romans road. And I love the scriptures and there's times for that. But, but, but had I done that, what, what would have happened? Is that what God wanted to do right then? It, it would be like putting a, a, a you know, a, doing CPR on a man that just cut his leg with a chainsaw. Or, 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 or bounding up somebody's leg and this got a head injury. It wouldn't be the right thing to do, right? And I'm going to tell you what, the Holy Ghost knows how to respond. Just like that responder is trained to respond to every single accident, every single life or death situation so that life comes. Amen? There was another man in the Dominican Republic. And we were there. The group went. Long story short, this man had been there. Many years we'd seen this man. And he was out, and we were walking down the road. We just got there. We are talking about the weekend coming. We're going to do dental outreach. We're going to have crusades. And this man was there. His name is Javier. I said, hey, man, how you been doing? Oh, it's good to see you guys. How you been? I'm not doing well. I said, what's wrong with you? I'm down. He says, um, my mom died three months ago, and my dad just died two weeks ago. And three days ago, my son almost got murdered. I'm really down. And I said, well, Javier, you know your mama was a Christian. She'd been praying for you for years. He says, I know. He started preaching to me. He says, I need Jesus. I said, well, Jesus is here. He's come to love on you. I grabbed him and I held him and the whole group was hugging him. I began to share the gospel. The man gave his life to Jesus. When he stopped crying, he came up and he said, today is the greatest day of my life. I said, you bet it is. He said, no. He says, I woke up this morning. I was sharpening my machete to go murder someone. He said, the guy that tried to kill my son, I was going to take his life. And he said, he started weeping. He said, but God changed my heart today. God changed me today. He changed my mind. I don't want to do it no more. I don't want to do it no more. That man is still walking with Jesus today. That was three or four years ago. I just talked to him here recently. He's doing very well. Amen. Just recently... I had the privilege to go and minister with a woman that was dying of cancer. She's friends with 
someone in this room and she was dying of cancer. And, and so the lady that asked her, hey, I got a minister friend of mine that would love to come talk to you. I went to visit this lady in the hospital. When I went into the room, she began to weep uncontrollably. She's in a life or death situation. She's about to die and face God. She started weeping. She said, I'm scared of dying. She says, they're not giving me long to live. She says, I'm not a good person at all. She says, oh, I've done a few good things, but I'm not a good person at all. She said, I'm afraid to face God. I've lived my whole life in sin. I've never been to church much. I don't read my Bible. I've got one, but I don't read it. (coughs) I told her, I said, today is the greatest day of your life. And I was excited. She didn't preach half the gospel to me. She was wide open. She was ready for CPR. And the Holy Ghost began to deliver the gospel and revive this lady. One beat at a time. And within about five seconds to ten seconds, boom. She was brought from death to life in one moment. And let me tell you something. I, I don't give myself any credit. People say, oh, you see somebody dying. Go get Jeff Lee. He'll go talk to him. Thank you for that. But let me tell you something. If, if you hear the testimonies that come from my life or anybody else that's a minister that you see, man, I'm loving to see what the great things God's doing through your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hey, do you know what? You're, just, you're no different than me. You, you walk with the same God I walk with. You're being trained the same way that I've been trained. The Spirit of God has equipped you just like He's equipped me. I think sometimes, and I'm guilty of it, is that we go through life and we're just caught up with just so much stuff in life. We don't see the we don't see the opportunities around us. And guys, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why maybe you say, Well, I just don't see God using me much. How many would say I want him to use me much? I want to be that first responder. I want to be able to see the people every day around me that's dying. Amen. I want to see that. And so God knows what he's doing. He knows how to do it. How many of you know that when you come into this church, there's two ministries taking place. (coughs) It's the work in the church and it's the work outside of the church. The Bible says when you come into this church that one joint supplies the next. And everything is to build up the body of Christ. Hopefully, and most of the timely, when we're coming and we're in the presence of God and we're seeking God and God begins to minister into our lives and the gifts are working, man, we walk out of here just on cloud 10. Hallelujah. I went to church today and my goodness, the message was so good. Praise and worship was so good. I entered into the presence of God. It was awesome. That's what God is doing to equip you. And God puts apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers to equip you for the work of the ministry. So you're not tossed around by every wind of doctrine out there. You're not caught off guard by the sly of the enemy. You're not wandering around wondering if you're saved one minute and and, and not saved the next. You're grounded and rooted. You know your place in Jesus. You know the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know what he's done in your life. You've read it over and over again. And the Holy Ghost will give you remembrance of that. But the work that he's equipping you for is so when we go out of this win- this room, I wish there was windows all around this building. And this church was set up on a hill. 
Because I'm going to tell you, it's a beautiful thing to watch God work in this house. Amen? But I'm going to tell you what, I pray that the same work that's being built in us in here goes outside those doors. The same Holy Ghost that met us in here is the same Holy Ghost that's going to meet us out there. And I'm going to tell you what, every response that needs be, God the Holy Ghost is going to show it to you. And he will respond. I believe it's up to you and I to be willing vessels and open to the Spirit and be sensitive every day instead of being caught up with the affairs of this life that I'm in tune with the Spirit of God. I'm seeking to save that which is lost. I'm desiring to destroy the works of the enemy. I go through this life every day looking for some sort of an opportunity to help somebody. I don't vomit on people. I don't open doors. I don't force the gospel on anybody because I wouldn't want that on me. You know what I'm saying? Nobody likes the gospel. Jesus is gentle. He's a gentleman. He's compassionate. He's meek. He's got self-control. He's gentle. He's not going to come force himself on you. And if those first responders were, you know, very forceful and you're going to live, you know, whoa, 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 settle down. There's a certain amount of beats. There's a certain pressure. There's a certain count. There's a certain breath. That if you don't do that right, you're going to kill the person. People take the word of God all the time and just go murder people with it. I'm going to tell you what, it happens. There are people today that won't come to church because some first responder came into their life and just broke my ribs. They dang near gagged me. They tried to stick the needle in me and it went all the way through my arm. Dear God, I don't want that kind of first responder around me. They're out there, guys. A lot of bad first responders in the spiritual realm. That's why Jesus said the labor is a few. The labor is a few for the really good, solid, born-again, Holy Ghost-filled, spiritual first responders that the world needs today. How many of you want to be one of them? I want you to stand with me tonight. I want to be one of them. Amen? Imagine this. There are people like this out there. Imagine this. I was standing out there and I was thinking when I was looking at that accident scene. They have people that come by and say, huh, look at that guy. Wonder what happened to him. Oh, it's an old man right off the road. Well, he probably wasn't text messaging because he's too old. Maybe he was drunk. Poor fella. I wonder if he's going to live. I don't know. You don't want those kind of responders, Right? a lot of people out there like that that don't care about people. But I'm going to tell you what, in the spiritual realm, Jesus, by the power of his spirit, cares for a lot of people. Amen. These altars are open tonight. I want to recognize you as you're coming. I want to recognize you tonight because I believe everybody in this room, I hope you are, but I believe I know a number of you you know Jesus you really desire to be a first responder but maybe tonight you're like well sometimes I do get caught up with the affairs of life sometimes I do forget about the people around me because I got so many troubles for my own self that I just get overwhelmed and, and I can't help it hey guys I get it God's not here rebuking you He's not spiritually spanking you tonight. He's come to bring an encouraging word to you that you know what? He knows where you're at. He knows your troubles. All he wants you to do is come for him tonight and just say, hey, God, 
I need help tonight. I, I, I want to be that first responder. I, I want to be one of those that see the people around me. I'm going to tell you tonight, guys, we need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit in our life tonight. Can you say that? Lord, tonight, just lift your hands where you are if you're at these altars. God, I hear you tonight. God has spoken to us. And Lord, I, I hear you. I'm in agreement with you tonight. I, I, I get the picture. I'm, I'm seeing the picture. I am a first responder. And guys, I applaud you tonight for loving Jesus and desiring to respond to life or death that's in this world right now. I pray tonight you'd fill us full of the Holy Ghost. Fill us, Jesus, so full. And you know, people, there's a lot of times where you're around brothers and sisters in Christ. And they're not in a life or death situation. But they may have a broken arm. And, you know, I'm talking about physical, spiritual things here. They may have a broken arm or a cut that just needs a bandage and some medication. Just need a touch from God. You know what? Your brothers and sisters in this room right now are battling some really tough things. Maybe they're discouraged. Maybe they're battling with a little depression and and anxiety. You know what? As a first responder, we can help our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we can come bring the living word that builds faith. That's the greatest bandage, the greatest medicine that a born-again believer could receive is encouragement and an arm and a tear and a hug and a voice that will speak on behalf of God and give you the scriptures that will meet the need that you're battling.